happy. And what you guys, I'm sure, also do is that you let real. You won't hear Christianese. Uh, yeah, I'm blessed, too blessed to be stressed, any of that kind of. Juliet is the real deal. But fortunately, what comes out from being real is actually gold, good stuff that everyone could hear. Um, and that's why we, we are so eager to hear Juliet share. Juliet has done a lot of amazing things in her life and lived quite a remarkable life too. So we're very excited to hear what God has put on your heart, Juliet. And um, yeah, we honor you and thank you for living out such a real life with God and for sharing that so freely and so openly, not putting that somewhere else or hiding it. And we, we thank you for that. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> Coming from someone with a teacher's gifting, he's saying, uh, simplify things too much. <laughs> All right, let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for this celebration this morning. Thank you that we are reminded that one day we will stand before you with a cloud of witnesses, and we, we live that out from today. If we haven't been before, we continue to be reminded that we live in light of eternity, and we just commit our hearts to you this morning, and these words, pray that you will come, Holy Spirit. You are, you are here, but that you will manifest through this. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's fun to go on the back of what the Holy Spirit's already been doing. He can just continue. He preached this morning, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna add much to that except a yes and amen in a few more words, but uh, not not long at all. So um, Matthew has introduced me, but for those of you who don't know me, my name is Juliet, and I work in this office. Been around this church for quite a number of years, so if you don't know me, you will very soon. <laughs> So we've been going through a, a preaching series on suffering. I realized when Andre's preaching was actually about Jesus loves you, not so much suffering, but it felt like this series on suffering. And I was just encouraged today that the worship did that complete shift of we rejoice in our suffering. That was what the series was about really, is that it's, it's worthwhile, gold comes out of suffering, we endure, but at the same time, to enjoy the process and, and just to rejoice in that. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So the Bible says we are to rejoice in our sufferings. That's a tough one. I don't think we're called to ask for them particularly, although the fruit of it is worth it. So I, I find a lot of us, when we go through suffering, when we look back, we see the fruit of that and we say, mm, that was worth it. I, would have, I may not have chosen to do it that way, but the Lord has brought out the sweetest fruit in that. Who we become and how we see the world and treat others after we've endured suffering is often of so much value to us and the world who's watching. I, as we shared a bit in worship today, there's a lot of suffering around us and there's a lot of things wrong with this city, with this nation. And yet, we are the hope because we carry the Redeemer, we carry the hope giver, the life giver, the healer in us. And so the world is watching and we need to be shining that message. When we get in the trenches with them and start complaining, we're not going to shine much of a light. In our times of suffering, it may be hard to see the value in it. But as we start to take our eyes off ourselves and look to Jesus, 
the author and the perfecter of our faith, we are transformed into his likeness and begin to see from his perspective with his eyes and therefore find ourselves able to not only endure, endure but rejoice. When we look at it from his perspective, he's already showing us the bigger picture when we see it from his perspective. What is small, what is big in the moment, when we look back, we go, oh, okay, it wasn't that bad. I'm glad it worked out that way. John 16:33 said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Woohoo! But take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus was speaking to his disciples here and he says, you will have trouble. Trouble sounds a lot like suffering to me, so it's pretty much promised. And uh, there, I'm sure many of you have heard that sort of come to Jesus and all your problems will disappear. Um, I don't think anyone in Shofar preaches that, that uh, version <laughs> at all because we, we speak truth and we, we know that there will be suffering, but we take hope. So it says, but thankfully he doesn't stop there. He says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Another version says, take courage. Another says, be brave. Take heart means to build up your courage or to be encouraged. There's no easy way out of it. It's to be courageous, to step into that, face it and say, okay, Lord, we're doing this. I don't know about you, but on my journey, when I'm facing trouble or suffering, I do appreciate being encouraged. Um, I don't think much comes out of, well, you should have, and maybe you, um, my mother was, attempting to encourage me last night when I was planning, when I was preparing last minute. And she said, what have you learnt out of this? <laughs> said, I'm, I'm 45 years old. There's certain things that just may not change and uh, didn't encourage me much. <laughs> I am a lastminute.com and we get there. <laughs> Jesus is our greatest encourager. As we sang a lot this morning, when you look in light of eternity, when you think of revelation, the streets of gold, that is encouraging, and he encourages us. He sets the standard as he overcame the world and therefore reminds us that there's nothing too great that we will face that he's not already overcome. So it doesn't minimize our suffering, but when we look in light of what he's done, we can get a good perspective. Jesus is our greatest encourager, and he has overcame, uh, overcome the world. In Hebrews 3.13, it says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. <clears throat> We're in a race, a race. Each day of our lives, we have choices to make every day. Are we going to make ethical decisions at work? Are we going to stick to healthy boundaries we put in place to protect our hearts, minds, and souls? Are we going to choose to click play and watch anyway? Are we going to try and resolve conflict and forgive or write someone off because it seems impossible? We have choices to make each day. This is why God has placed us in a church community. So you can look around you and see this is where God has placed you. This is it. I'm excited. I think we're a, we're a great bunch. I'm a bit biased, but uh, this is our family. And uh, if we're not finding our encouragement and our hope here, then we need to change something. It might lie with us. He's called us to cheer each other on, to encourage one another, and to keep running the good race of faith. Philippians 3, 13 to 14 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I, I used to be a runner. I denied it for very long and then I did a marathon. 
and then I was told you can't deny it after you've done a marathon. Apparently, that's considered a runner. Um, I was also told that, you know, you're a long-distance runner when you hate the beginning, and then you start to enjoy it, then you hate the end. So um, I get great joy in using the comrades as, a, as an example. I've never done that. I shall never be doing that. Um, I'm, I'm, no, I'm fine. <laughs> but um, if we have a look at the next picture, have a look. This is what I love about running, is where you see this is called a bus, generally. Those who run know that. You climb on a bus, which is a grave misinterpretation of what it really is, because... <laughs> They carry you only in chias. They encourage you, they blow whistles, they dance, but your legs still have to do the work. But this is how we want to be in a group, cheering each other on. This is my dream church model, as in a local church community, that when you're rejoicing, they're rejoicing. When you're suffering, they are there with you, grieving. Or do you feel like the next one sometimes? <clears throat> that you need someone in each side of you to just drag your feet along because you're still in the right direction, you see the finish line, but you're just not quite going to make it on your own. And um, you need some people around you to just grab hold of you and walk the next, the next bit. Or are you already in the third group? Yes. Some of us feel like we're on the stretcher, but still, we are being carried. And that is the great thing of church community, when we are down and out, when we can't anymore, then we put up our hand and say, help. And there's usually a, an ambulance behind in races, um, first aiders or teammates ready to just get in there and, and, and carry us. So wherever you find yourself this morning, there is hope. As Jesus said, I've overcome the world, and that is the truth. While there's breath in our lungs, there is hope. So I love watching, as I said, the end of the comrades. I'm not really interested in the winner, Gerda Stein. What's her surname? Stein. Very impressive. That's incredible, but that's not a, a general human standard for most of us to achieve. I think I saw someone finish a marathon in like three, it was three minutes. What do they call it? Three kilometers per minute. No, three. Average of three, whatever that is. I've never been there. I'm like eight, nine, ten. Let's do that kind of reasonable pace. But I just thought, wow. That's incredible, but that's not where many of us find ourselves most of the time. And so I love to see the end where those, those I'm crying, I'm not crying, you're crying moments where people are just like carrying each other like you saw there. And I love that because that to me is a picture of community and a picture of encouragement and, and where you see those people come run on and come, I'm going to get you there or cheering them on after all of, they've journeyed with them often. They've done those races with them. They've trained with them. And I used to cycle with a friend who was practicing for comrades and she would run the 30Ks and I would cycle the 30Ks. I was there. So on the day I'm like, yes, I know what you've done and I'm excited with you. And that's where we, where we should be, cheering each other on. We are called to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn, Romans says. And that comes at a cost. We generally can't plan when those moments of grief are going to come or those seasons of grief it's often very inconvenient to us when people are grieving. Um, it could be at midnight. It could be when you're in a business meeting. It could be when you're on a holiday and your phone is you know, wanting to be off and someone is in a place where they are grieving and we need to be there for them. 
Rejoicing can also come at a cost sometimes when there's something you've been trusting for and praying and fasting and, Lord, when is it my moment? When is it my time? And then, oh, you're engaged. That's wonderful. You're pregnant again. That's fantastic. And that can be hard. Not me. I rejoice every time. <laughs> Nobody's married anybody that I wanted to marry yet, so we're okay. We're okay. There's a few men that I'm thankful got married because we had that deal. When you turn 30 and I turn 30 and we're still single, but thankfully they have been ticked off the list. So we are safe. But it comes at a cost to be there for others, to grieve with them, to rejoice with them. But there's nothing better than a friend when you go, someone just deposited this money in my account. And they go, whoa, even though, you know, they're also struggling and they could do with that. There's something very special about being able to just celebrate with others, rejoice with others and grieve. And as many of us who've been studying and doing a counseling course with Mads Dazel will say that often with grief, you just need to listen. You just need to sit there. We don't have to come with special words and gifts and things that we need to say, but just be there. Each of us is on our own journey, and God is on the throne. He's not confused or surprised or forgetful of anything. So we can rest assured that we can freely mourn and rejoice with those around us as he's put us in each, each of our lives for a purpose, to encourage each other so that none of us may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So we should encourage each other. That's the main message today. Many of us are so different. If you look around us, you look around each other, you will see that. We're from different backgrounds. We're at different life phases. We're in different professions, different personalities, various temperaments. But none of, this, none of that exempts us from encouraging each other. We often say, oh, but I'm not a parent, I don't get it, or I can't understand, or they can't understand because they've never been through this. But the Lord gives us words of encouragement. The Lord gives us prophecy. The Lord gives us words of wisdom. So we, we're not exempt. Even if it's not comfortable for us, even if it's someone the Lord's calling us to go and encourage and they're really intimidating, or we're shy, or they're shy and might be awkward. He's, when he calls us to do it, we do it. As a child, I think I only seriously wanted to run away from home about once or twice that I can remember. Um, but it was not till I became a parent that I seriously felt the urge at least twice a year to leave home for good. There was a few times I did. Phoned Alice and said, help. My children are alone at home right now and I'm not safe to be around them. Let that not put you off parenting. There's 365 days in a year, and there was only two days that I wanted to leave. The rest are sunshine and rainbows. Well, rainbows only come off the rain, but sunshine, no, okay. It's worth it. One day they will be completely self-sufficient. One day. But, yes, some days are tough. And I've reached out to various friends over the years and they've been such a source of encouragement to me. I don't think it's been most of the time a lot of my friends haven't necessarily understood the depth of the crisis or everything that's, that I'm going through or the history leading up to the event, but they're quicker to go, shucks, that's hard. That's really hard. How can I help you? What can I do? And it's just like Aaron and her that lifted up Moses' hands. We can be there just to lift up people's hands and say, I've got you. I'm with you. I'm backing you. When, when you're praying about a job, which job should I take? 
We don't need to do that in isolation. We say, these are the pros, these are the cons. This is my heart. Check me on this. Help me on this. In Psalm 32, 25, King David says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. So we can confidently encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ because God is faithful. We know that. We don't always know the outcome. You hear horrific stories of people losing loved ones two in a year or three in a year or just horrible circumstances. That's the reality. But we can encourage. We don't need to say inappropriate things at inappropriate times, but we can encourage. We're here. How can we serve you in this time? Even if it's just to say, take one more step today. I've, I've got you. Just get dressed. Just get out there. We don't have to be alike to encourage each other. We don't have to be from the same background. We don't need to understand the complete circumstances. When it's genuine, that's not saying everything will be fine. But it's just being genuine, saying that is hard, but I'm with you. I've got your back. Just last week, I had a, a dear sister encourage me by reminding me of some things I'd said to her and done for her in the past, and that had kept her from wandering off the path of righteousness, as the verse said. And that was such a, I was in such a dark place. I think Monday night, I remember crying in my bed saying, oh, I hate this. I won't give you context. <laughs> Family is tough sometimes. <laughs> and then I was fine and encouraged at work, and Tuesday night I was weeping my bed again. Oh, I hate this. And I was just so reminded. Then this, on the Wednesday night, this sister encouraged me, and it was out of a very random place, someone I hadn't spoken to in a while closely, and I thought, thank you, Lord, that you just came and gave me that bit of encouragement that I needed to put one step in front of the other, one foot, keep going for another day. It felt, as the psalmist said in Psalms 42, 11, why are you so downcast, my soul? And then encouragement came and helped me refocus and fix my eyes on Jesus. It was as if I was looking at my feet and then this word of encouragement just lifted my head again and was like, come on. In the culture we live in, it's become easier to be critical and see the issues around us. And we can go down with that I'm sure we've all had a chance to just have a good moan. And it feels really good in the moment. Just, I won't use any swear words like the electricity people will. But there's things that just get us really frustrated. And there's a real trauma. There's a real suffering that we go through. There's a real, these are real issues in our nation. And it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to share with someone, like, this is really hard. And I planned this thing. And now there's, this is happening. But... It never helps us, we never feel better long term to have had that, and we need to be that hope. So again, we don't need to be fake, we don't need to be, praise the Lord, all is well. We can, we can sit with someone, we can grieve with someone, we can agree and say, this is tough, but, but God. And we lift our eyes up again, and we lift the eyes of those around us. That's where prophecy is so helpful. I was so encouraged being at intercession on Tuesday morning, we, we prayed for... Daniel Hopflesh, and um, we're so encouraged that just to hear prophecy again and be reminded, even prophecy for this nation, that as you speak it out, you are reminded that this is the truth, even if you don't see it now, and just hearing that for people around me as well, that it's, it's often those people that can be, you kind of wonder what is the good in this situation, where are they going in their lives? And someone prophesies over them, you're like, yes, the Lord sees good, and I want to see good, and I want to believe for this. And over our nation as well, we've often been called the breadbasket of Africa. And I want to see that happen. I want to see that we are a blessing to the nations in Africa. 
If you're good with your hands, you can encourage someone with DIY or uh, something they need to get done. My garden, my house, DIY, any of those things. I mean, lots of other people also need it. But there's people who are good with certain things that I'm good with admin and I can be a blessing to people when they're trying to organize something. And we all have that, that space where it is encouraging to someone. There's things that I get very frustrated with about my house and I'm like, when will this leaking thing stop leaking? And I'm not a YouTuber. I don't Google and see how to fix it myself. I just say, Lord, send someone, come. <laughs> and then I mention to Valhalem or someone useful like that and, and they come. But that is what community is about as well. And instead of someone, it's good for us to ask. That is important. We need to ask for help. But we also can be the ones who look around and say, I wonder, the Lord's put someone in my heart. I wonder if they need something, babysitter or just a word of encouragement. There's been times that I just prayed over people and sent them a little word of encouragement. They're like, wow, you thought of me today. That's amazing. And that took very little of my time, very little energy, but it really just, to them, they heard, they saw the Lord move someone to encourage them. So use your giftings. We have a wellness ministry at our church, which we're going to launch officially in a few weeks' time, but we, we're going to be offering counseling and financial advice Nothing professional, but within professional people's, people's professional capacity where they're in those industries or getting training in those things. And if that is something that's on your heart, even discipleship, if you've got, you would like to walk with someone, then that is something you can speak to a vet to get involved there. We all have different ways of, of serving. Maybe you're good with listening. You can listen and just encourage people. Encouragement is not wishful thinking or cheerleading phrases. The accuser comes to speak doubt, fear, lies, insecurity, rejection, hopelessness into our ears. But when a believer speaks a word of encouragement over us, hope is infused and truth replaces the lies of the enemy and we're able to get up once again and fight the fight of faith. So there's, I'm surprised at how many people are living under condemnation daily. I see that when we speak it out loud and say, I feel like this and I'm like, really? Why would you feel like that? And I realize the enemy comes and he just speaks those lies I want to close with 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So we're doing it, but we keep doing it. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. That was a big theme today. We rejoice always. Not when you feel like it only. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And this morning, I just want to close with an opportunity. If you firstly don't know Jesus, or you've walked away over time, and we sang of this hope of heaven, I want you to come to the front so that we can pray for you this morning and really welcome you into the, the family of, of God. And be reminded, if you've known the Lord for many years, but just feel like, yo, I've turned my back on the Lord, or there's things that have just become such distractions in my life. I've walked away from that 
daily intimate relationship with the Lord, then come to the front. We can pray for you and really trust for, for breakthrough in that. And if you are feeling that hopelessness today, we want to pray an infusion of hope and just speak that truth of your life. If you are hearing those voices that are very condemning, rejection, you're not worthy, you'll amount to nothing, perhaps words spoken over you by your parents, by teachers, by family or friends, then we want to come and just trust to break that over you this morning. So we're just going to have a time of ministry and any of those things. You can come to the front. If there's any small group facilitators, you can come and pray. And we trust for words of encouragement, of prophecy, of just having our heads lifted up this morning. Thank you, Juliet, for sharing. <clears throat> yeah, so as Juliet shared, there's lots of space this morning for your needs to be met, whether it's a need for encouragement or you need to come to the Lord. Uh, you, you want to meet the Lord. You don't know Him, you haven't met Him, or, or it's been a really long time. Um, we've got loads of people here to pray with you this morning, so we're just going to take some time. The band is going to play a little bit in the background, but what's happening now is that we're giving some space and time if you don't have a prayer need that you need someone else to pray with you for um, you're welcome to come and pray for other people or you're welcome to just sit and spend time with the Lord but yeah that's what's going to happen now and um, yeah so I want to encourage you Aubrey you can just hit the lights there um, <clears throat> sometimes you must step out to receive that thing I do as much as theoretically you could get what you need just through the air like that sometimes when you've when you've got something when you've got a need as Juliet said when you need to you need to ask for help you need to even if it's a small indication that you need help that's the start okay so please do feel free we're going to sing a song of worship now and then if you if, we, if you would like prayer then do come to the front and and we'll pray with you. All right.